Good morning. Good to see you all. Good to see a few new faces. Welcome to River in the Hills if you're new. Welcome if you're old. Norm, welcome. You raised your hand. I wasn't going to say anything. No, when I think of Norm, I don't think of old. I think of wisdom. So, All right. I've had several, yeah, I remember when I was working here in the office during the week, Norm would come in and sit down sometimes, and before I knew it, an hour, hour and a half had gone by, and I felt like I went to school, and he was just small-talking me, and I was like, man, what if he sat down with purpose to actually talk to me about something? I'd, I need to take notes. It was just, there's so much wisdom there, so thankful for, for you, Norm. Hey, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, if, you, if you're new... Uh, glad you're here. If you need the notes, if you didn't get them, yeah, there's notes. Surprise, Nate has notes. But you can put your hand up, and one of the ushers or hosts will get them to you. Um, yeah, thank you, Sarah and Gary, for that. And uh, yeah, if you're new, welcome. And hopefully, our host gave you a, a welcome card on the way in. If you want to fill it out, you can. And that way, we can sell your information and make more money. <laughs> and you get a gift. Yes. It's our way to kind of smooth it over in the spam calls that you'll be getting. So. Everybody's kind of wondering, like, I wonder if anyone thinks that he's not joking. <laughs> what if they don't know? No. Last time I preached about a month ago, um, uh, preached on asking for wisdom. We talked about the life of Solomon, about how Solomon was the wisest man on earth. And I make the argument that actually no one has been as wise since. Okay? So... Um, it, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that part, but it does. And, and how did he get his wisdom? He asked for it. God said, God basically gave him a blank check and said, what do you want? And he said, well, I, I want wisdom. And the Lord said, well, because you asked for that, you're not only going to get wisdom, but, and then went on to bless him. That's not the point for today, but the point is since then, and even a little before, I've been asking for, I've been, every morning I've said, Lord, give me wisdom like Solomon. Not wisdom like Jesus. Isn't that funny? Like, Jesus was wise also, obviously, he's God, so, but, I mean, but, but I'm like, but the Bible goes above and beyond to describe Solomon as the wisest man that lived, so I'm like, Lord, give me wisdom like Solomon, and actually, in the last couple of weeks, Kaylee's even, not, like, a few, like, disputes with the kids or things like that, I'll say something, and she's like, wow, that was so wise, I'm like, yeah, it was. You know, I'm not, not in a cocky way, but in like a, that definitely came from outside of me. Like, I know, I know that I have some wisdom, but that one, like, I didn't stop and think about it. It just flowed off the tongue, and, and it totally, it just like, worked. And I was like, whoa. And I felt like Solomon when the two women came, and they're like, my baby, my baby. She's like, tear the baby up and split it. I didn't say that this week. I'm just, but I, but what did it do is it, it showed who the real mother was. I mean, it was just like, Wisdom. So I, anyways, love the wisdom piece. Continue to ask for it. If, just let that be a testimony because I, I, I challenged all of us to ask for wisdom like that. And I've been doing it. I'm telling you, the results have been tangible. So if you haven't started, start. All right. Um, many people have, uh, Sloan changed the title of my message with my permission. And I, and, I, and I just wish that I would have thought of it, but it should have called it Kingdom Preppers instead of Kingdom Preparations. So if I hadn't printed the notes out already, I would have changed it and printed them all out. But 
That was just such a better title, so thank you, Sloan, for doing that. So many people have asked me, and maybe you've been one of them, or maybe people have asked you in the last year, 18 months, whatever, about preparing, just practically preparing. How do we prepare for this crisis or the coming crisis or whatever? And a lot of, a lot of the questions are kind of born out of a just a real, a genuine uncertainty, sometimes a fear, uh, sometimes an overconfidence, sometimes, you know, there's just, there's just this slew of, like, questions and concern and not really knowing where to start or where to end up, so, um, but it's, it's like, is it food, is it water, is it guns, is it gardens, is it toilet paper, and we, we planted a toilet paper tree, so that's how we took care of that, and, um, which, by the way, is just a tree, yeah, so, yeah. Some of you picked up on that one. Uh, but, or do we just kind of take a, hey, God's going to take care of everything. We don't even need to think about it, worry about it. So there's all, these, there's all this kind of uh, swirl uh, around these questions. I've noticed that. And I think that, there are, that those are wise questions to ask anytime. Okay, I think they're wise questions to ask all the time, not specific to this last year or two. Um, I think that Wisdom will provide an answer for all those questions. I think the Lord has answers for all these questions. I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's something that, you, that the Lord like, picks one thing and goes, well, that you've got to figure out by yourself. I'll walk you through anything else, but you're on your own there. And it's just, it's just not how he is. It's not his character. Um, the Bible speaks pretty clearly, as we'll find out here in just a few minutes, uh, about how to prepare well. Uh, for, and, and, and really, it's not, it's not necessarily speaking... Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, the overall theme isn't prepare for individual crisis. It's always be prepared in season and out. Okay? So when I, out at my old church, they used to hand me the mic. I kind of had a, a role of, we had a, a, a bigger church so that I would do announcements sometimes. I was on the elder board. I would preach occasionally, but I was kind of like a utility infielder. So sometimes they'd just hand me the mic, and my buddy always used to joke with me. He'd hand me the mic and then whisper in my ear, you got to be ready to preach, pray, or die. And then you walk off. And I changed that to ready to preach, pray, or raise the dead. So um, but the, it's still the same. But you're just kind of ready all the time. Okay? So the Bible doesn't necessarily say, like, you need to be able to react well. It says you need to be able to tap into wisdom to be prepared all the time for anything. Okay? So that's a, that's a key difference. Okay? I'm not speaking today about reaction. I'm just thinking about being proactive. Okay? Okay, Nate, thank you. That was a good, thank you for clarifying that. That's good, yeah. Amen. All right. So much of this begins with the way that we think and the way that we speak. So I'm very thankful to Pastor Glenn for the last two weeks speaking about the life and character of Caleb, okay? So he went in and saw something different than what everyone else saw, but they saw the same thing, right? Looking at the same thing, but they saw it differently, okay? So he had a different spirit, which ended up with a different outcome for him. Okay, where he was allowed to see something that he had to, he had to, which everyone else that he lived with didn't get to see. Because he, because he reacted differently, because he looked and he saw from heaven's eyes, he saw potential, he didn't see with fear, he didn't speak with fear, defeat, pessimism, or, or fatalism. He looked and he was like, give me the biggest giant. He had so that's good. So a lot of it starts with the way that we think and the way that we speak. If we're thinking fear, if we're thinking fatalism, if we're thinking pessimism, we're going to be reactive rather than proactive. We're going to be foolish rather than wise. So a lot of it starts with the way that we think and the way that we speak. Sometimes the way that we speak influences the way that we think. Did you catch that? 
Sometimes you can teach yourself. Sometimes you need to speak things out of your mouth so you can hear them through your own ears. Okay, and just, and just kind of re-log re it in. I'm losing these in a month. Did you know I'm getting LASIK in a month? If God, God's maybe going to heal me first. Uh, I've, been, I've been seeking that, but yeah, anyways. I won't be knocking these things off my face anymore. Um, there seems to be such an oversensitivity I've noticed in church culture when it talks about pre uh, pre preparing or being prepared. It's, it's like, a, it, and it's sad, really. It's like, it's like, well, I don't want to tell people that I have extra food because I don't want them to think that I don't trust God. I'm like, have you read the Bible? We're, I, and I, you know, I get confused, and I'm like, well, I don't want people to know that I like, you know, shoot guns because what if they like think that I'm, you know, too far right? I'm like, who cares what they think? I'm like, uh, I, you know, you know I, I get confused. You know, I get confused, and there's this, there's this weird sort of like, well, we're just not going to talk about that because we don't really know what we believe or what the Bible teaches about it. So I want to clear a lot of that up today, hopefully. Um, but I think, that, uh, I, think that, I think that it's something that we should all, you should definitely not leave here today and do nothing. <laughs> that, would, that would probably be the wrong response. To what the Lord's speaking today, and it's going to look different. What y'all do is going to look different for every family, and that, and I, and we'll talk about that. But I think the wrong thing is to go nah, and 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 just kind of disregard what what the Lord may be speaking here. Okay, so I love the Bible because it brings us into alignment with the heart of God over all the matters that we face, including this one. And so I want to see, um, let's see what the Bible says about it. I want you to know that I'm not painting a picture of doom and gloom here. I hope that's been clear. And just as we kind of warm up here. Uh, I believe that we're in the beginning of massive revival, billion soul harvest, yes. latter rain. It's like, yes, yes, yes. If you've heard me preach at all, you know that that's where I'm at. Kyle shared this morning. It was cool. He had a dream. I'm going to share the whole dream. But basically, sum up, we have, the, we have the choice kind of like Elijah did to either pray for rain or pray for drought. Okay, The Lord can use either to get the attention of people. Rain's a lot more fun. So we're praying for rain. Notice even in praying and believing for rain, we're still going to prepare. That's what wisdom does. Okay, thank you. All right, let's, uh, let's get into this. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 25 if you'd like to follow along, or it'll be on the screens. If you have notes, how do we prepare? The first thing that we do is we buy oil. Avocado, coconut, <laughs> canola. Now you can buy all that too. Olive, I don't want to lean up any, I know there's so many, safflower, sunflower, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the oil of intimacy with Jesus. It's the first purchase you should make, and you should be continually making it. Also, it doesn't cost any money, but it, it costs something. A high price was paid already on the cross, so you don't have to repay for it. Don't try to pay for something that's already been paid for but it definitely costs you something. Matthew 25, 1 through 13 is this parable Jesus is talking in relation to the end times. And he says, it's like, or he says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom, five of them foolish, five of them wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them or extra oil. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. It was inconvenient. Okay, because it takes both hands. Okay, it's inconvenient. The wise ones took oil, sorry, verse 5, the bridegroom was a long time in coming, 
They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. All the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, because <laughs> sometimes wisdom says no. Write that down, that's free. Uh, he made me lose my place. Thank you. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. While they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins were, who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other, later others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know the day or the hour. The context of this is obviously speaking of the return of Jesus and how once Jesus returns, that's not the time to go, oh, now I'm going to give my life over to you, Lord. That's not the time. The time is now. But the principle reigns true throughout, throughout many, if not, well, throughout many circumstances, many situations, specifically today as we're talking about the oil of intimacy with Jesus, is the time is now to buy oil by by worshiping the Lord, spending time with him, okay, just gazing on him, interceding, getting to know him, okay? There's, a, there's an exchange that happens. It's relationship. It's conversation. It's time. It's not religion. It's not check marks. It's not, it's not setting a timer, unless that's a discipline the Holy Spirit is leading you in. That's fine. I'm saying is that is that it's transactional. When I give him something, he gives me something, but I'm not, I, don't, I don't have to pay to get he gives because he wants to. He's worthy of our worship whether we receive anything from it or not. But he's just so good that we actually, we actually, when I move his heart, he moves mine, which makes me to move his, which makes him to move mine, and it just goes back and forth. And what that does is it stocks up our oil supply so that when things get tough and it's really hard to buy oil, we can tap into the stock of reserves that we already have. That is key. I've tapped into my own oil reserves in the last couple months a few times. I know that it would have been so much harder for me walking through a few things had I not bought oil in the past. I'm telling you, in times when I just felt I just couldn't sit before the Lord, I was just, I was just, it was, things were tough. And I was just like, ugh. But I was able to make it and not slide back into some, Marissa was singing prophetically on Friday, I'll never go back, I can't turn back. I was able to, to not go there because I had this stockpile of oil. So buy oil. Does that make sense? Buy it now so you can tap into it later. And keep buying it because you can't get too much. Love that. Number two, add to the solution, okay? Or be part of the solution. Genesis 41 and 42, I'm not going to read it all. It's the story of Joseph and Pharaoh. Joseph is called on because Pharaoh has two dreams and, uh, he goes, and he goes, well, Joseph can interpret him. And so Joseph comes, and, uh, and he goes, and, and Pharaoh tells him a dream, and Joseph says, well, this means that there's going to be seven years of abundance and then seven years of drought or famine, seven years of famine. And Pharaoh goes, okay, we need to find someone who has the Spirit of God in him to basically be in charge. And Pharaoh was like, I'm still going to be Pharaoh, but that man's not going to be me. Joseph, 
You have the Spirit of God in you. You're over all this. So he puts him second in command, but really in command. Joseph spends the next time, he goes throughout the entire region of Egypt, and he sets up stockpiles, and basically, he starts storing up food. They end up, the Bible says they stored up so much food that they stopped keeping track of it. It was like the sands of the sea. They stopped, they, they were cataloging it, and they were like, this is pointless. We can't keep track of it. They stored it all up. Seven year ends, famine begins. As soon as, this, the Bible says, as soon as the famine starts to affect the entire region of Egypt, they open up the storehouses, and everybody's fed and fine for seven years, so much so that they, they not only were a blessing to their own nation, but their enemies actually started to come in. This is when Joseph gets reconciled with his brothers because he was being a blessing, meeting natural needs, physical needs, food. That's why they came. Do you think that his brothers would have come to Egypt if they weren't dying and hungry? They weren't even going to come. Their father's like, what are you doing sitting around here waiting for something to happen? Go get grain in Egypt. I would, I would just present to you that no. I don't think they would have gone back and found Joseph if it wouldn't have been for the famine, if it wouldn't have been for Egypt being prepared to be a blessing. They were prepared ahead of time. We as families and the, families of God, and the family of God were charged with the same thing, exercising our wisdom and foresight to prepare in advance for whenever disaster might strike. You know, better to... Better to uh, have it and not need it, then need it and not have it. Second Opinions 4, verse 8. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously, though, listen, we need to be the ones, when I say we, I mean, I mean followers of Jesus, we need to be the ones handing out water bottles, not knocking on doors asking for them. I'm serious. Wisdom prepares. You have the mind of Christ. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. Use it. Don't let others do your thinking for you. Does this mean hoard? Absolutely not. Do you know what the difference between hoarding and stocking up is? Wisdom. Hoarding negatively affects everyone. Stocking up positively affects everyone. Stocking up is done wisely and over time and not selfishly. It's done proactively. Hoarding is done out of fear and lack of preparation, immaturity, and foolishness. You see it. I was in Costco during the beginnings of COVID. This guy's got shopping cart full of meat. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm not judging him. But had he prepared ahead of time, he would have known that it's one of the worst things you can buy at a stockpile. Because <laughs> what's one of the first things that goes out in a disaster? Your power. <laughs> Unless he had a generator and 400 gallons of gasoline to run the generator for a couple weeks, that was a bad investment. But when you're panicking, you just get what you can get. That's the difference, wisdom. Don't hoard, stock up. Number three. Protect and provide for your family, both the natural and the supernatural family. Okay, 1 Timothy 5.8 says anyone, these are harsh words that Paul says here. These are harsh words. It says anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially their own household, 
has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Oh, yes, sir. That's harsh. But the re- he's, it's in here for a reason. It's a gentle and just loving reminder. It's a loving reminder that our responsibility is to, be, is to provide and protect for our household. And we say we, we, it's, our, it's our natural household, it's our wife, our kids, it's our, but it's also this family right here. Okay, it's the family of God. Am I saying that we don't trust the Lord to be our protector and provider? Absolutely not. You will not be able to protect or provide anything without his help. I'm saying that he's charged us, men first as the head of the household, as a spiritual leader, to, to bring provision, and that includes the provision of safety to the best of our abilities. It's one of the biggest things. If we, are, if we ignore our responsibility to our spouse and our kids and our relatives, the Bible says we've been like, we're like an unbeliever, denied the faith. Must make provisions to provide for and protect those that the Lord has entrusted to our care because our kids, for example, our kids belong to the Lord, amen? We are stewards over them for a time, amen? They hit a magic age, all of a sudden they're adults, okay? And, you, and you're in, in a good relationship, you become a relative, right? When they get married, you become a relative, and, they, and their spouse and kids, that's their family. That's the way that the Lord set it up. But you all are still related. We are entrusted to their, with, with their care for a time. We, we best do the best that we can do to care for them and protect them. All right. What does it look like specifically to do this? It's going to look different for each family. I'm not even going to talk about it today. If you, if you can ask the Lord. The Bible doesn't give specific instruction on this, and when it doesn't, that's an invitation for personal conviction. Go ask the Holy Spirit. Go get a conviction. Go ask the Holy Spirit what he's got for your family. Don't not ask. That's the wrong response. Don't be like, I'm good. God's going to take care of me, because that's, just, that's foolishness. It's foolishness not to act when the Lord has given you this that says, act, prepare, be ready. It says all these things. And so if we're like, no, we don't need to be ready. He'll just make me ready. No. <laughs> he says, get ready, right? And he's going to help you. We need his help. We can't do any of this without him. But we can't do nothing. But it, it's going to look different for every family, how you decide to, to look out for, for your, your family's provision and safety. That, that's going to be a, 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 a thing that you're going to need to ask the Lord how that looks for your house. You can also ask other brothers and sisters in the family how they're doing. If you, want, if you need some motivation or some, some advice, a little kickstart or something, what do you, you know, I don't know where to start. Ask somebody. Ask somebody who looks like they, they're doing it well or, or something. That's what we do for parenting and stuff like that. We see people that we, we're like, we want a parent like that. Hey! And we ask them questions. Okay? It's just, that just makes sense. Last one of, is, uh, is crucial here. Number four, persevere. Worship team, you guys can come back up. Each of these four preparations are very practical, okay? That's, Nate's a very practical person. I'm like, don't give me theory and idea and wishy-washy stuff. Give me A, B, C, one, two, three, okay? I'm not going to sing, don't worry. But you can start these things today. If you haven't done them already or are not currently doing By the way, it's not like, a, okay, we stocked up. I mean, like, Joseph, <laughs> Joseph did this, right, for years, and then it was years of distribution. I mean, it was, it's not like, it's, it's just a lifestyle thing, okay? It's a lifestyle. Okay, so 
These are, these are things that you can start today that are easy, that, are, that you can be continually doing. But the last one can't be overlooked. I wish I was going to put it first because it's like the most important. But then I was like reading the New Testament. And I was like, man, they save the best for last all the time, right? At the end of the book, it's like, therefore, and then they give you the stuff that you actually need, that you, you need to know. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what all this was building up to. And you're like, and so that's what this is. This is the therefore. Um, but when we do, number four here, when we persevere, and I'm going to read to you the passage uh, surrounding this and, and basically the how, how we persevere here. But when we're doing this, numbers one, two, and three become joyful. Numbers one, two, and three, there, there's no worry surrounding them. There's no fear surrounding them. There's no like stress or anxiety like, ah, oh, do I have enough? That's not it. When we're persevering, we're walking with the Holy Spirit, hearing him, being comforted by him, getting the answers to our questions, and then we can, we can walk with confidence knowing that we're, we're doing our part and letting him do his. Don't try to do his and don't not do yours. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says, therefore, brothers and sisters, see, it's the therefore, I'm telling you. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Listen up. Let us hold unswervingly, everybody say unswervingly, unswervingly. to the hope that we profess. For he who promised, what's his name? Jesus. He who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Boy, that's got life on it now, doesn't it? <laughs> not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, wrapping your arms around one another. That's what that means. It's this picture. I'm going to encourage Micah right now. Come on. I'm not going to pull him out of his avion, but I'm just saying that's what it is. Encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of the Lord, the return of Jesus. If we're doing this, if we're persevering the way that Hebrews 10 describes, okay, if we're holding unswervingly to the hope of Jesus that we profess, okay, if we're doing this, if we're if we're spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, we don't give up meeting together. We encourage each other. We provoke one another to do, to do good. Calling somebody out on their crap in love. We do these things. Then we're going to see. You're like, Nate, what about salvations, healing, deliverances? This is, how it, this is what it flows from. It flows from us in right relationship through perseverance. The perseverance of the saints. Okay? It's our sanctification process, okay? As we become more like Jesus, we begin to, we begin to more often and more uh, effectively be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, G and I'll tell you some things that follow Jesus. Salvations, healings, deliverances, people getting set free, greater wisdom, closer intimacy with the Father, Jesus Everything that he did while he was here on earth, he did as a man filled with the Holy Spirit in perfect relationship to the Father. Are you going to tell me he didn't have intimacy? Why would, he, why would he retreat to go pray by himself 
What was he doing? Buying oil. Because he knew he was going to need it. Would you stand this morning? I need the Lord's help so much in this. Kaylee and I have been, we started, you know, preparing in like 2010. There was nothing wrong in 2010. Got a word of knowledge at our home group. The guy said, he's a really good friend. He said, I want you to go buy some extra water and some extra food on your way home tonight. I love this. I was like, okay. I didn't even, I didn't even ask him why. I just said, okay. We stopped by the store on the way home. You remember that? We've been doing it ever since. And it's been great. But even, and I, and I, would, I would have told you a couple weeks ago that, like, we were good. And, we, you know, we, but I realized in the last couple weeks, I started to get all like, man, I don't, I don't know. I need the Lord to help me. I start asking all these other questions. I'm like, Lord, how do, but, but what about, but what about, what about? And I realize I can't, like, I can't be like, Lord, I got it. I'm going to prepare. We're okay. Like, like, if something happens, God, you can spend your energy over here with this family who didn't prepare because we're going to be all right. Seriously, I think, that, I think that that was kind of where I was at. That's just, this is just confession time. If you could just absolve me, that would be great. I'm just, say, I'm just saying, if we... If, we, if you're good at this, you need God. If you're bad at this, you need God. We need wisdom to know not just what to do, how to do it, when to do it, who to tell, who to ask. We need, there's so many practical questions that surround this. Preparing, preparing ourselves personally and spiritually, preparing our hearts, but also preparing our houses to be able to be a blessing in times of need preparing this house to be able so the, so the river in the hills church can be a blessing to this community now and in a time of need and crisis it takes so much forethought it takes so much wisdom it takes so much humility it takes us holding unswervingly to the hope that we profess because if you get off track and you forget why you're doing it you're going to become somebody that could star on doomsday preppers man I've got mad respect for those people. I do, I'm telling you. But a lot of it, I think, is born out of a, a spirit of fear. And it's real easy to shift that way. And we have not been given a spirit of fear, Romans says. So don't go out and try to get one. If that's not the, if that's not the spirit that he's given you, stop shopping for it. Just receive peace, love, joy, sound mind. Put on that robe and then prepare from that place I'm, I promise you it's a lot easier and I'm preaching to myself here too as the worship team as the worship team leads us just in a second it's just an opportunity you can the altar's open I, I want you to come to the altar come to Jesus if you want help with any of these things whether it's buying oil whether it's wis, wisdom on how to be a blessing be a part of the solution and not part of the problem whether it's how to provide or protect your family, whether it's your, your family at home or the, the church family here, or whether it's perseverance, 
If you want the Lord's help in growing in any of those, I want you to come to the altar right now. It's open. And we're just going to look to Jesus. The author of wisdom. The one who gave Solomon the wisdom that he asked for. It originated in heaven. Lord, we need wisdom. Lord, would you show us what it looks like to buy oil? Lord, I don't want it to be some Christianese metaphor that gets lost in a swirl of confusion. But that spending time looking at you, Jesus, actually build something up in us that we can tap into and use in the future. But Father, you are worth spending time with. Father, you are worth writing your word on our hearts. You are worth our worship. Worthy of our praise. God, as we buy oil. Lord, would you show us the benefits of it so we can not only be, be affected more and more personally, but God, so that we can tell others, buy oil, buy oil, buy oil. Pastor Glenn's been saying it for decades, buy oil, buy oil, buy oil. And I thank you, even as oil in the New Testament just represents the Holy Spirit. Father, would you anoint this church, the oil of the Holy Spirit? Would you mark us, God? as ones who are filled through and through with the oil of intimacy. Father, as we prepare, you can just pray to the Lord in your own, and just the things that are affecting you. I'm just trying to cover all of them for people, but if you, if you know why you're up here, you just go to God and tune me out. Lord, if we're here, just we need to know how to prepare physical things, food, water, gardens, supplies, medical stuff, whatever it is. Lord, would you give us wisdom and not fear? We know that fear doesn't come from you, Lord, so would you convict our hearts when we start to put on fear when it's not what you've given us? And Lord, would you give us the means and the knowledge to know when to buy what to buy, where to buy, where to put it, how to not waste, how to be a blessing, Lord. God, we're not going to be a community of people that are prideful, arrogant, afraid, and ready. <laughs> we're going to be a community of people that are humble, giving, generous, excited, joyful, and ready. Thank you, Lord. Father, give us wisdom, men and women in the home, how to protect, how to provide a level of safety that is in line with your heart, how to provide, Lord, basic necessities that's in, align with, that's in alignment with your heart. God, that it wouldn't be born out of a spirit of hatred or anger, but one out of honor, one out of obedience 
Lord, even as you told your disciples to take swords, you only rebuked Peter when he used it out of the wrong spirit. Father, may we be wise in the preparation, Father, and as we persevere, Lord, Father, may we write the words of Hebrews 10 on our hearts, God. May they, be, may they be easy to come out of our mouths, Lord. Even give us conviction to memorize them, Lord, as we hold unswervingly to the hope that is Jesus. As we encourage one another, build one another up, wrap our arms around one another, break fear off of one another. God, as we won't give up meeting together, Lord, even as if the pressure increases, we will turn up the pressure in here and push back. May the pressure from, <laughs> this might sound stupid, may the pressure, I just saw a picture of like a pressure cooker. But I'm just going to pray it. I'm not going to explain it. May the pressure <laughs> that is in the body of Christ be greater than the pressure coming from the world. Lord, so that pushback, we're always on the offense and not on the defense. Thank you, Jesus.